everyone. Has everyone got access to a Bible? I'm going to be reading the passage as well as doing the talk. So, it's going to be on page 1015. And this is a passage about Jesus healing a blind man. He was blind, then he was healed, and he could see. His eyes were opened. And my theme is open eyes. So I'm going to read the passage and then I'm going to share with you some insights about open eyes. I've had a great time really researching this wonderful topic because God wants us to have open eyes. And the passage is about physical seeing, but it's also about spiritual seeing. And Paul says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. So that's the spiritual seeing. If your spiritual eyes are enlightened, we'll see all sorts of treasures. So let's look at the passage now. John 9. Jesus heals a man born blind. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Having said this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. Right, you're not going to need your Bible now, so do put it away. And we're going to chat about the passage. So Jesus healed a blind man. He was blind from birth and he did it in a really unusual way. He could have laid hands on him. He could have proclaimed sight, be healed. He could have been nice and clean. There's examples of healings in the Bible where there's no spitting and there's no mud. In Matthew 12, there was a man with a withered hand. Jesus said, stretch out your hand. And it was restored. That was nice and cleanly done. Mark 5, Jairus' daughter. He took her by the hand and said, Little girl, I say to you, get up. There was no mud and there was no spitting. But there must have been a reason for Jesus doing it in such an unusual way. And there's something for us to draw from. I imagine the blind man was really surprised to have mud smeared over his eyes. 
That would have been a surprise. But then he was asked to do something. And on this occasion, Jesus wanted him involved with his healing. He had to go and wash it off. If he'd not washed it off, the mud would have still been on his eyes. He was involved with the healing. I just want to briefly talk about physical seeing. So the man couldn't see, and then he could. His eyes were restored. He had open eyes. He can see. There's different words for seeing. We could say noticing. If you're noticing things, you're seeing them. Are you a noticer? Give attention to. Do you give attention to things, or do you miss things? Do you miss those details in everyday life? We could use the word to look, to look and see. Sometimes we look, but we don't see. My husband, Pete, said to me last week, we run out of butter. And I said, have you looked in the fridge? He said, yes, we've completely run out. I go to the fridge, butter's in the front, top shelf. He looked, but he didn't see. We had the privilege of going to Copenhagen a few weeks ago to the jazz festival there. It was a really wonderful time. And of course, we had to fly out there. And at security, we had to wait in line. And you know there's a line on the floor and you mustn't go past that line. And then you have to take about eight steps towards them and give them your passport. And I very quickly noticed that the people in the booths would lock eyes with us as we were walking so they could really have a good feel of what we looked like before they looked at the passport. That was real intentional looking. That was being on full alert. That was real noticing. And apart from that, they're really trained to watch the little signs. Are you looking twitchy? Are you looking guilty? Are you looking too happy? They're trained to notice all these sights. Are we seers? Are we noticers? God wants us to have open eyes. He wants us to be seeing the world around him because he's got things to say. Spiritual seeing. The prophets in the Bible were also known as seers. And the seers will have really developed their spiritual sight. They would have really practiced it. They would have sought God. God, what do you want me to see? What are you saying? Their seeing was so developed that they could see the invisible. They could actually see beyond the physical. Often it started off as a physical thing, but then God would speak through that physical thing and they'd start seeing the spiritual, they'd start seeing the invisible. Jeremiah was asked by God, what do you see? What a great question. First of all, Jeremiah said, I see a branch of an almond tree. Then the next time God said, Jeremiah, what do you see? And Jeremiah said, I see a pot that is boiling. But there was more to this picture. It is tilting towards the north. Jeremiah gave more detail and God was able to work with that and give the interpretation of his seeing. God wants us to see the detail. He wants us to have open eyes. Zechariah, God said to him, what do you see? I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl at the top and seven lights on it, with seven channels to the lights. Also, there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on the left. That's a lot of detail, but God needed the detail. God didn't want to just be told, I see a lampstand. 
Zechariah was so in tune, he knew that God needed the detail. Are we seeing the detail in daily life? Because God wants to give us visions, and he wants to give us dreams, he wants to give us pictures, he wants to give us impressions. And are we ready, are our spiritual eyes ready to receive them? Because he wants to work with us, he wants to work alongside us. He wants us to see the invisible. And prophecy is all about seeing. What do you see, God said? Maybe God's saying to us, what do you see? I've been going along to something called prophecy school. I don't know if you saw it on the notice sheet, probably about six months ago. I'll go with Vera. And Rachel goes as well. And it's a monthly meeting um, over at Lark Hall, run by Mark Isles. And we learn how to be creative in our thinking and how to be receptive to whatever God puts into our minds. And it really is a wonderful thing. And I have to say, I've turned terribly nerdy about prophecy school. I do my homework, I do my preparation, I read my emails, I practice, bought a beautiful file for my notes. And I think it's because I just love it, and I just want to learn. I want to learn more about the prophetic. There's practical workshops each week, actually, and it's training us to learn to see the detail. Because if God's wanting to give us pictures and impressions, he needs us to be able to unpick it and really say what we see. God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? So one of the activities, we were all given a greetings card and we had to take it in turns in a small group and say, or the question was, what do you see? And we very quickly learnt that you couldn't just say, I see a boat, because we had to really look at it. What colour is the boat? Is the boat on rough sea? Is it on calm sea? Are there any people on the boat? It was just learning to open up our mind and be receptive to the detail that God gives us and what God wants to do. Because God is creative. We had another week with objects. We all had to take in an object and we had to say what we saw. And we went into great detail in a practice setting of just unpicking the object and then thinking, again, as practice, what could God be saying through this? We worked with the detail. If you don't work with the detail, you can miss a lot of the picture. So look at the detail, keep your eyes open. I'm going to give you a couple of examples now um, of things that have happened to me. Um, A couple of years ago, during the worship, I had a picture of some brownie. And this really surprised me because I wasn't thinking about brownie. I hadn't made any that afternoon, but it dropped into my head, brownie. And um, because I've been working like this for a number of years now, I thought, right, okay, it's brownie. What else? I like brownie. Brownie is chocolatey. Started playing around a little bit with it. And you can have fun with these pictures. You can do some playing around. You can do some unpicking until it finally settles in you. It finally rests in you. I think the more unpicking you do, you learn to know when it's the right thing, when you've got what God wants to say. So I did lots of unpicking, lots of thinking about brownie. And what came to my mind was that when you cook brownie for 20 minutes, you bring it out of the oven. And the crucial thing is you do not cut it at that point. You absolutely don't, because it will all disintegrate, it will just crumble. And I could sense in my heart that I was onto something there. What you have to do with the brownie is put it on the side and just leave it to rest, because there's more cooking to be done. It needs to be on the side. And again, praying this through, 
I knew that God was saying to somebody that they had to wait. Somebody had a decision to make and they were going to rush into this decision. But if they did, things would crumble and then they needed to wait a bit. So I went up and I delivered my message. And sometimes you don't hear the results of your message. You just do what God's told you to do. Um, but I did get a bit of feedback on that one. And um, there was a person who was about to make a very, very big decision in their lives. And they did halt. They did wait a bit. So that was really encouraging and a huge privilege to be working with God. But I took the time to work with the detail. I didn't just say, I have seen Brownie. There was more. Sometimes God will just give you that. But sometimes there's more. And God wants you to be creative and really think and really practice and see what he's pulling out of that. The second example, and we had a word here, and it was a a really interesting one. Mark came um, to the front and said, in the pre-meeting, somebody had a picture of a cow jumping over the moon. And I thought that was a really unusual one. I was listening to that. And with the words, nothing is impossible for God. And when Mark said nothing is impossible for God, I felt a little bit emotional, and I wasn't quite sure why, but I thought that's a really interesting picture. thought nothing else of it. And then we got into little prayer groups, And um, somebody reminded me that I've got a cow jumping over the moon clock down at my preschool. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I have. Then, the next day, I was having breakfast and listening to the radio. And um, suddenly a news article came on. And it said, um, this is a bit of an unusual story today. A lady woke up to find ten cows in her garden. And I thought, wow. I think God might be saying something now, something along the line of cows. It really took me by surprise. And then later at preschool, we were playing in the garden and we had ribbons that we were attaching to the children and um, they were running around and I was getting more to be horses. And then suddenly a child came up to me, just handed the ribbons back to me and said, I don't want to be a horse, I want to be a cow. I thought, right, that's my third thing. There's there's definitely something going on here. So I thought, right, what else am I going to see? Am I going to see a really good moon tonight? What's going to happen? So anyway, I chatted to a very good, wise friend um, a little bit later and told her all about this. And she just said to me, what do cows mean to you? And I thought, why are you asking me that? That's not relevant. I need to see a moon now. Um, And um, I just said, I find them scary and unpredictable. And she said, it sounds to me like God's asking you to face some fears. And I knew that was the right thing. I was going through some big issues in my life, and I knew that God was saying that. But not only just saying that, he was with me, and nothing is impossible for him. So that was, again, just so encouraging. And that came from somebody with their spiritual seeing, receiving God's picture, and being obedient and delivering it. And then me tuning in to the cow theme over the next few days. I've always had a deep fascination with prophecy. It's something I've really longed to grow in, hence I've gone to prophecy school. It's just such a privilege to see what God sees. It's a real honor to work with him and deliver his word. God said to Jeremiah, what do you see? Is he saying that to you? God wants to speak through your dreams. Please don't ignore your dreams. Very often, God is speaking through them. What do you see in your dreams? If you wake up and something's still with you, write it down. Play around with it. Enjoy playing around with it. Maybe chat to someone about it. But God wants to speak through your dreams. God wants us to see things. 
Maybe say to him, God, what do you want me to see? I'm ready. My spiritual eyes are ready. I want to work with you. When I have parent appointments at preschool, quite often I'll be chatting, they'll be chatting to me, and I'll be quietly praying alongside the meeting, God, what are you saying? What's really going on here? What do you want me to see? And God wants to show you. We quite often have students at preschool as well, and part of the induction is to talk about child protection. And I always, without fail, go through the policy, but then I spend time saying, just keep your eyes open. A child may not say something, but you may get a gut feel. You may see something. And if something happens in your gut, then come and tell us about it. I'm encouraging them to see the invisible, because quite often we miss it. As the children were growing up, um, Pete would often comment that I seemed to manage to pick up what was going on with a particular one of the children. They wouldn't be saying anything, but I'd just pick up that more attention was needed with one of them. And again, I feel that that's being in tune, seeing the unseen and seeing the invisible. God wants us to work with him. The blind man had to go to the pool. He was part of his healing. He went and washed his eyes. Have we got mud on our eyes? Do we, do we need to wash it off? Because God wants to use our eyes. He wants to use our seeing. He wants us to be seers. He wants us to be noticers. And when we're working with God, we need to be in tune with him. We need to be completely dependent on him, which means seeking his face. Deuteronomy, seek God with all your heart and mind and you will find him. He promises that. If you seek him, you will find him. In Chronicles, look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. Keep your eyes on his face. That's crucial. That's a crucial part of spiritual seeing. We had a concert here last week with the preschool children and something I said to them daily the few weeks before was, make sure you watch me. I knew if they didn't watch me, it would be chaos because we had 45 three- and four-year-olds up here ready to perform. And I'd said, make sure your eyes are on me. And I think I did a lot of this as well. And I was stood there and I reminded them at the beginning of the concert and they watched me for the whole thing. And it was a very good concert. Very pleased. But they watched me. They worked with me, and I think it made them feel safe. They knew that it was down to me, and their part was to watch. Don't take your eyes off me. And we had a very, very good concert. I've played in a few orchestras over the years, and one thing the conductor consistently says is, watch me. And you know in rehearsals if there's a tap, tap, tap with his bat on, somebody's not watching, because it is so crucial. Don't take your eyes off the conductor because the piece of music will go wrong. And it's his responsibility to pull all the musicians together, but you have to watch that baton. And if you watch him, you will feel safe, because you know that if you follow him, you'll be creating something quite beautiful together. So as you gaze at God, you're soaking up his strength. And you really do need his strength, you need his presence, 
if you're going to move into spiritual seeing. And he so wants a people that have spiritual eyes. Newborn babies, that's my newborn. Quite often a parent will gaze at their newborn baby. I remember doing that. In fact, my baby's over there. (laughs) I remember doing that daily. Just looking, just looking, just making eye contact. And you know what's happening? Bonds are forming. Trust is forming. Connections are forming. And just a really special, unbreakable bond happens gazing at your newborn. And God wants us to gaze at him. And as you gaze at him, bonds will be forming. You'll be ready to work with him because you'll know what he's thinking. You'll learn to hear it really quickly. You'll be keeping in step with him. So sit in his presence and draw from him because that's where we need our strength. And Bill Johnson is a wonderful preacher, wonderful American preacher. And basically that's his whole life. Every sermon I go or every conference I go to is all about sitting in the presence, gazing at God's face. And you can see he lives and breathes it. He is saturated with God. And as a result, he hears God all the time. He's anointed, he's dripping with it, but he does spend the time. He spends the time drawing from God, getting his strength. So let's sharpen up our spiritual eyes. If our physical eyes are failing, we'll go to the optician, we'll get some glasses. But if our spiritual eyes aren't tip-top, what are we doing? We need regular visits to the pool. The blind man had to go to the pool. He had to wash the mud off his eyes and that released him into seeing. If we regularly go to the pool, we go and sit with God, the mud will come off our eyes and we can think of the mud as day-to-day life. We're picking up mud all the time. There's a lot going on in this crazy world. We're picking up mud all the time. So daily cleansing, daily cleaning, sit with God. And you'll find your spiritual sight is developing and is tuning into God. Before I finish, I just wanted to share something that happened this morning. Um, I got a text from a good friend who lives in Cambridge, and she just said, thinking of you, she knew I was preaching tonight, she had no idea what I was preaching on. Um, She said, and I had a picture for you this morning, but I can't tell you yet because I've broken my arm and it's really hard to type. And that was really frustrating because um, those of you who've preached, it's great to have an encouraging word on the morning of your sermon. So I texted her back saying, oh dear, you've broken your arm. What was the picture? Um, and she, she texted back saying, I'll be back at half past two, which is a five hours time. So I've had to wait most of the day for this picture. Anyway, I did write it down. So I rang her and she told me that she'd had a picture of a mother with a newborn baby, some cotton wool, and a bowl of sterile water, and the mother was bathing the newborn's eyes. And I thought, wow. God's saying something. God wants us to wash the mud off our eyes every day. We want to see what God sees. When God says, what do you see? We want to be able to tell him. It's such a privilege to work with him. And he really wants that. He's waiting for us. 
waiting for us at the pool, ready to wash our eyes, just like that mother was with the cotton wool. So of course I told her, what, I said, you won't believe what I'm preaching on. So of course she was blown away, I was blown away, we had a great hour after that, just so encouraging. But God is speaking. Let's sharpen up our spiritual eyes.